Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. I was trying to think of what the best thing, uh, best topic, and I was praying about this, what topic I should teach or preach going into the new year, and I can't think of a more important um, a, a more important tool in your life as a Christian than uh, hearing the voice of God. So I want to talk f- for just a little while about valuing God's voice. And in Matthew 4 and 4, it says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Amen. Amen. Man shall not live by bread alone, or scripture alone, but by every word, rhema, that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Lord, we want to hear your voice today. Let our lives speak that. Let our, our intentions speak that. Let everything in us speak that we want to hear your voice. I pray not only do we want to hear it, but that we leave this place valuing your voice, God, that we value it higher than anything else in our life, and that we would pay the price it takes for that anointing in our life. We pay the price it takes to have you speaking to us on a regular basis, that you'd speak to us as your friends. We know we are. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. You may be seated. One of the greatest benefits of the Christian life is hearing God speak to us personally. How many have ever had an instance where you felt God spoke to you in a situation in your life? Would you raise your hand? Look at how God speaks to us. I know that's probably not um, an audible voice, but God speaks to your spirit. You feel something, a nudging or, or a voice or a God. God put a thought in, in, into your mind or, or you just have this ability to hear him because we understand that God does not speak to our natural ears. He can. He can manifest a voice here. He can manifest a voice in Nicaragua. He can manifest a voice in, in the Philippines. And he can do it all at the same time. And that's not three gods. Hello. Hello, somebody. We're in the house of the Lord, right? So I'm going to do a little bit of preaching and teaching. But I've been in prayer for this sermon. And I was really impressed by the fact that God doesn't want us to ask for him to speak to us. And then when he says something we don't like, we're like throwing it over our shoulder and saying, Lord, can I, can I have another? It, God's not your Santa Claus. Hello, somebody. This is not a gift. He's a loving God, and he's a gift-giving God, but he is a God who, when he gives, he wants you to obey his word. In fact, he says in Scripture as a pattern that he would rather have obedience than sacrifice. I've seen a lot of people live their life sacrificing to the Lord, but never obedient to the word of God, never bringing their life into subjection to the words that are written in the word of God. The word of God itself, the Bible, is the overall logos of God, the plan of God for our lives. It is the Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth, the B-I-B-L-E, amen? So we need to make sure that we're applying the word of God, the logos overall to our lives. And so God speaks to us through the Bible, obviously. That's one way 
that we hear the voice of God. And I want that. Do you want that in your life? Do you want to hear from the Word of God? Sarah, would you give me my Bible? And I, I want to hear when I get up in the morning. I want to hear when I'm going to bed at night. I want to hear in places. And I want this thing to be cherished in my life. I want to take it with me on a road trip like yesterday to pick the kids up from Winter Youth Convention. I want to take it with me when I travel. I want to have it near me when I go into bed. I want to have it on my heart and mind when I wake up because sometimes God speaks to me from scriptures that are in my heart and I know that this is the sword that's linked to my battle cry. This is the thing that makes my faith work. Amen, somebody. It's not because I am a Christian. It's not because I call myself out as someone who's dedicated to God, but it's because whenever I get in a fight with the enemy, I have the name of the Lord, and I have the word of God to use against him. This is what helps me be victorious. Amen, somebody. Not because I'm more special than anybody else. No, not because I'm a holy Joe. Very funny. But because I have the word of God, and someone said amen. But also, not just the plan, the logos of God, but also when you're reading the word of God, he speaks to us individually with what's called a rhema word. There's two, there's two original words for the word, for the word, word in scripture. That's the logos, which we see in John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And how many know that later on that in that chapter, in verse 14, it said, and the word was made flesh. Amen? So Jesus wants his word to be made flesh in your life as well. Not only the incarnation is spoken of there, but it's the foreshadowing of the way the word is supposed to function in our life. We're supposed to ingest it and make it flesh, make it live in our life to where we control our flesh with this word of God, to where we live it out and it speaks more than our flesh does. Not only was it made, the Logos made flesh, but also as that we understand the scripture that God can speak to us with a rhema word. A rhema word is a personal word specifically for you. One, one preacher once said that while you're preaching scripture, use as much word of God as you can because that's the word of God and somewhere God's going to speak a rhema word to somebody, a personal word to their life. A word from God is how we know the will of God. Amen. And so I want God to speak to me. He speaks to me in, in my morning Bible reading. When you open this word of God, it's a living word. Everyone say living word. And because it's a living word, that rhema word will jump, uh, uh, as you're reading a, a scripture passage or, or, a, or a verse, will jump off the scripture and it will slap you. Anybody ever been slapped by a scripture verse? It's a kind slapping. It's, it's, it's not a challenge to a duel. It's, it's just simply the Lord saying, hey, this is what you need for right now. It's a rhema word. It's a word that comes to you and speaks to your situation, what you're actually going through in that moment. And as believers, I want that word to interact with me. Amen. I want to know that God is speaking to me and anything he says, the way that he speaks, I don't want to be against that word. I want to be willing to receive that word. Amen. 
And so the rhema word will come to you and it will speak to you in your circumstances, in your life. And it's a guiding word. It's a word that helps you. It's a word that leads you. Did you know that you can ask God to give you a word, that you can ask God to speak to you? And when he speaks to you, whatever he says will come to pass. Amen. It will come to pass because you see, I have a limited scope of my understanding. I may know the word of God, Logos. I may get rhema word from God, but I don't know what tomorrow holds and neither do you. I don't know how long I will live and neither do you. I don't know. You don't know how long I'll live. That's what, no. You don't know how long you will live is what I mean. You don't, we don't know what, what life holds. So whenever I speak to the Lord and I say, Lord, will you speak to me on this situation? Lord, will you help me? Will you say something? Will you give me direction. He speaks from an eternal perspective. And because he speaks from an eternal perspective, his words never fail. Amen, somebody. So in all of the places, it blows my mind that, that the enemy makes so many promises and he never fulfills them. It blows my mind that people follow Lucifer, Satan, and follow his words and follow his, his, his leading into lust and desires and different things and follow his, his pull and follow his, his, his temptations whenever they're all just promises that have empty fulfillment. But God, who is the one who never goes wrong with his words, who never says something that falls short. He is so little followed. I pray in my heart today that I would not let anything that is spoken to me be louder than the still small voice of Almighty God. That I would value his voice above anything else in my life, above any offense, above any hurt, any pain, above any circumstance. That I would want to hear from God and value the voice that speaks to me. Amen. So how is he speaking to us? He's speaking to us, number one, in the still small voice. First Kings 19, 11 through 12, God's talking to Elijah. And he, said, and he says these words. He said, he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And it was and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks. Amen, somebody. The wind can break the hard places. Anybody want to preach Acts with me? The pneuma can break down the hard places. Amen. He tore into the rocks, into the mountain, and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was what? Not in the wind. After the wind, the earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. You'd think the Lord was. That he would. This is the first case of earth, wind, and fire, if you didn't know. It, it, it only gets worse from here. <laughs> You are so kind to put up with my ADD. And after the earthquake and fire, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire and the fire, and after the fire, a what? A still, small voice. He speaks to us in a still, small voice. That's why you need a private devotion time. That's why you need a place where you turn off the radio, turn off the TV, and you just sit down and say, Lord, speak to me. Does your life have a place where you say, Lord, speak to me, where it's exclusively set aside, where it's consecrated unto the Lord, because it's going to cost you to hear God's voice. It's going to require time. If I wanted you to fail, if you have a business, I would just make sure that you don't make the one thing that makes business successful, and that's money. 
if I wanted your relationships to fail, the one thing that I have to do that's the greatest commodity of any relationship is I just have to make sure you don't spend time with that person who you have a relationship with. And that is what the enemy has tried to do. You've heard the saying, if he cannot... If he cannot get in front of you and tempt you and distract you, he'll get behind you and push you so you're so busy you don't have time with the Lord. And so I want you to understand that, that the word of God here is talking and it's saying it's not in the things that you think it's in. It's not in the, the loud wind or the earth shaking, but it's actually in those still small moments when God speaks. Why does he speak so softly when everything else in this world is so loud? Have you ever asked that question? Excuse me. Why, why is it that whenever God speaks, he speaks so softly? Have you ever had someone yell in your ear? Have you ever had a child come up to you and get like right there and just go, and this side of your head just goes, you know, you, you recoil? The closer somebody is to you, the more a liability volume is. And whenever someone gets so close and they're so loud, you stop hearing immediately and start shielding yourself from the intensity of the volume. The reason why God speaks in a still, small voice is because he does it from the inside. He doesn't have to be loud. He's already here. Amen? And there's a, there's a false teaching in our world that says that when you accept Christ as your personal Savior, you receive the Holy Spirit at the same time. And that false teaching says that you can only hear God's voice if you have the Holy Spirit in you. And that is not true. You can hear God's voice because God is a spirit, and God speaks to spirit. And so the reason why you hear God inside of you and he speaks in a small voice is because he's speaking spirit to your spirit, to your human spirit. If that were not the case, if you had to have the Holy Ghost in order to hear God's voice, you would have no ability to be drawn by God before you're saved. The scripture says that he draws men. Amen? How does he draw someone who has not been saved? He speaks from spirit to spirit. So he can speak to somebody who does not have the Holy Spirit in them. But when you do have the Holy Spirit in you, you can hear his voice so much better because he's only speaking from the inside out. He's actually letting you know that I have a different voice level than the world. The, vo the world may be so loud and so clamorous, but whenever you have the peace of God in your life, he can speak to you in a noisy world. Amen, somebody. He can actually talk to you in the most chaotic situations. You can have God speak in his still small voice. Why? Because it's like he's whispering in your ear, not your natural ear, but your spiritual ear. He's just whispering saying, don't do that. Let go of this. Release that. You can do this. This is your next step. If you talk to God, he will answer. And the truth of the matter is when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, which is hopefully the next step that you will take if you don't have the Holy Ghost, when you do get filled with the Holy Ghost, that word begins to change you from the inside out. Not only are you just hearing with your spirit and trying to obey as a man or a woman, but now the Holy Ghost starts to work on that word inside of you. And whatever God says, he, the Holy Ghost, amen, somebody, the Lord speaks to you and the Holy Ghost begins to work on it and says, done, I'll get that done. That's a word of the Lord. That is truth. That is not in need of, of understanding. That's not in need of, of questioning. That's not 
in need of an, an, an analysis. That is the word of God. So it is true. And the Holy Spirit is an indicator, an understander of the truth word. In other words, the Holy Spirit, once it gets inside of you, God will speak with a still small voice because what he's saying has no contradictions. There's nothing to speak against it because it's already the truth. And the reason why that same spirit that is in you goes to work on that word of God that he has spoken in you is because there's no reason to doubt it. It is the God's word. It is truth. And since the Holy Spirit is the revealer on the inside of you, it begins to tell you a difference from what you're seeing out here, a difference from what you're hearing out here, that the word of God literally is saying, I'm not in all of that. I'm not in everything you, the world says you have to go after. I'm not in everything the world says you need to be satisfied. I'm right here. I'm with you. Every time you see in the scripture the people praying to God saying Lord why haven't you answered our questions? Why haven't you shown up? God always answers with I am here. I am here. So when we get to the New Testament and God fills his church with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues what he's saying is there will never be anything louder than my voice in your life. There will never be anything more valuable than a truth word spoken immediately to be worked on in your life. There's no delay when God speaks. There is just him working it out. Sometimes God says no to our requests. Sometimes God says slow to our requests. It's not my timing yet, but I will answer. And sometimes God says go. Sometimes it's a no. Sometimes it's a not yet. And sometimes it's a yes. Slow. Go. Or no. He also speaks to us in dreams and visions. Has anybody ever had a dream or vision from the Lord? Why does he use dreams and visions? Because it bypasses your natural mind. And your mind is carnality. It's just carnal, carne, the word, original word is meat, flesh. That the literal translation of that means that it's a meat mind. It's, it's a fleshly mind. Your mind sometimes will block a move of God. Your mind will sometimes block a word of God. And so you have to sometimes get it to in a dream or a vision. In fact, Acts tells us that young men shall dream dreams, your old men shall see visions. In other words, what the scripture is telling us is that the Holy Spirit begins to do a work in us and that sometimes God needs to do a work so quick that he'll bypass your logical mind that would block it in order to get it done faster. God wants to move you faster than you ever wanted to be moved before. God wants to get it done in your life. Amen. And sometimes he'll use a dream and a vision to move you faster than you can move yourself. Amen. So God uses dreams and visions. Another way that God speaks to us is that he speaks to us through the peace of God. How many know the peace of God? This is the most tangible way of understanding the voice of God. This is probably, probably more than anything the way that I hear and value God's voice. And the reason for that is because I'm not, um, I'm not, I'm not a super smart man. <laughs> I'm not heavily educated. I, I don't have a lot of time where I just sit and I, and I think of mathematical equations and the scientific understanding of string theory. No, that's that's not me. I I am very much a feeler. 
I feel things, okay? So when I come up and I pray for you, I'm going to be like, sorry, Sister Angie, but I'm going to use you for a minute. I'm going to be like, Lord, what are you saying? What are you doing? What are you working on? What is this? What, what, are you, what is she needing to hear from you? What, you know, I'm looking for a voice, for a word from God. Because word, uh, word is what God answers and speaks to and, then, uh, and uses. So what I'm doing is I'm feeling after God. Okay, it's, it's, it's scripture actually talks about happily we may feel after him. I'm that guy. I feel after God. And so what that means is sometimes I don't have everything planned before I get here. I try really hard to help the media team, and, the, and, and I'm like, we have this love-hate relationship. And No, I'm just kidding. But I try to get all my scriptures in order, and I try to get everything. Like today, I had a whole other sermon section that I have cut out of this sermon because the Lord told me to go a different direction. I want that in my life. You need that from your pastor, amen? You need to hear what God wants to say. And if I don't cut things out and I don't move things around, then I'm not moving in the spirit of the Lord. I'm not being led by God's voice. And that's the worst thing is to just have a cold, calculated, sterilized sermon that doesn't do anybody any good. Because if we don't have the Holy Ghost take over this place, this is just church. This is just churchiosity. This is not a move of God. And we all need a move of God because when he moves, he speaks. Amen? And so I will be feeling after the Lord. And a lot of times what that ends up looking like, and you may have heard somebody say this, I don't have the peace of God on that. You have a situation come up, you have a decision that has to be made, and you don't have the peace of God on that. Have you ever been there? <clears throat> There's two ways. I've made thousands of decisions this way. And the decisions that I make that have all the boxes checked, Everything looks good, everything, okay, finances look good, everything's going to work out, all the boxes are checked, but I don't have a peace of God in my heart on it. I will step back from that decision, and I will wait on that decision, and every time there was something I could not see, and it was a bad decision even though everything looked right to my natural mind and my natural eyes. And there are other times when nothing was checked. There's no boxes checked. Nothing makes sense. There's, I'm actually putting myself in financial harm's way to do what I, and to marry that person that's, and to do, you know, there's things that you don't even understand. Of course, I'm talking about marrying somebody in the church. Don't take that wrong. But I'm referring to biblical, the, the, everything in the, in the Bible's checked. I'm doing the right things according to the Lord. But in logic, nothing seems to be working, but yet I have a piece of God on it. And I'll make that decision with the peace of God, and it turns out right. Did you know that if you listen and ask God to speak to you, that you can make every decision full of the Holy Ghost? You can make every decision right from this point on. If you'll let God speak to you through the ways that he's chosen to speak to us, whether through his word in Logos, general plan for your life and salvation, whether through his word in Rhema, specific word for your moment in time, whether through dreams or visions, or whether through the peace of God. I have made more decisions just on the peace of God. That's the one thing that I interact with. I'm sharing with you a little bit today because I want you to know how, how I do it, because this is what I do in order to hear from the Lord and know that the Lord's speaking to me. I didn't have a peace on, on, on a certain section of this sermon today, and so I felt like I was supposed to go a different direction. I'm going to tell you why 
I'm willing to do that. Why I'm willing to throw out some things and feel a little bit awkward up here and yet still know that I'm speaking the word that the Lord wants to say today. That's not an arrogance. That's not an arrogance because I'm not leaning on my skills right now to, to orate this word. I'm actually jumping to an entire different, an entirely different passage of scripture and I will say my words, maybe not the best, but when we leave here, we're going to know we met with the Lord, that God spoke a word, that there is something in this atmosphere that changed. You know if God's here or not. You know if God's speaking or not. You know if God's spirit is authorizing this word or not. I don't have to tell you that, but you can feel it. You can sense it. You can know that God is speaking to my heart for me to take my next step in him. Amen, somebody. And that is what we're after. We want to hear the voice of God and not just hear it, but value it so much that we obey it. I've had people come to me and say, Pastor, I haven't heard from the Lord in two years. And I'm like, well, what did he say to you the last time you heard from the Lord? And they'll give me something that's a very personal thing. They'll say, the Lord told me to do this. And I'll say, well, well did you do it? And they're like, no, no, I didn't do it. Well, that's why. Because God does not just dispense words. He's not quarter in, candy out. That is not God. If he tells you to do something, he will stop speaking till you take care of the thing that he has said for you to do. I said, you need to get that right with God. Not only is it a salvation issue at that point because you're disobedient, but you also need to understand that you need the word of God speaking in your life because without a vision, the people perish and vision leads to word and word leads to action. So therefore, you have no marching orders and you're living on old revelation. In other words, the spirits of darkness have further revelation than you do right now because you stopped hearing from the Lord two years ago. Do you understand you need a fresh word from God so that you are current in your battle gear, so that you're current in your understanding of the spiritual world, so that you're current in understanding the attacks of the enemy? I, under, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. You need to hear from God. So whatever God has said to you that you may not feel comfortable with or you may not seem like you want to do that, go back and just obey it. Just obey it and find out Monday, Tuesday, God will whisper in again. God will show up again. God will start speaking. He's a speaking God. He's a speaking God. I look over here and I see Dean, and I, I so love our Deanicus. I love him so much for what he serves, how he, his whole family serves the Lord in this church. But whenever I first got introduced to Man Up, him and Rob, they're like, you will not believe what it's like to have a worship service looking at the mountains in the wilderness. And I'm like, um... I'm not a pantheist. <laughs> My theological brain is blocking what God wants to do, amen? And I'm like, okay. And we went to our first man up, and we're standing, and I'm just weeping tears like a five-month-old five baby, just crocodile tears running down my face. And I look over there, and Dean is just smiling. <laughs> He's just loving on the Lord, and nobody's touching him. Nobody's even around him, and God's speaking to him. Because he put himself in the environment in which he loves to hear from God. And if you ever get a value for the voice of God, you won't miss a church service. You won't miss a prayer meeting. You won't roll out of bed going, again, another day where I have to make sure I'm in my prayer room or another day to be in my prayer closet or I got to roll out early to drive myself to work so I could just have some peace and quiet for 15 minutes before I go into work because the kids are always piling on top. You won't ever have that moment. 
You'll say, I get to do this. I get to be in God's presence. You'll go where God is when you know where God shows up. Amen, somebody. God opens doors. So let me finish the peace of God. He speaks to us with the peace of God. Uh, Colossians 3.15, and let the peace of God rule your, in your heart, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Everyone say thankful. thankful. Key to being thankful is to having the peace of God rule in your life. There you go. That's beautiful. If the peace of God is ruling, you automatically have a byproduct of thankfulness. Uh, November's passed, so we'll keep moving. John 14.36 says this. But the Helper, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. Whose name? Jesus' name. Amen. Well, he will teach you all things and bring to, to your remembrance all things that I said unto you. He'll teach you all things and bring unto remembrance all things that I said unto you. And then the next verse says this. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, I do, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Amen, somebody. Neither let them be afraid. He's saying, my peace is what combats the, the, the worry and the fear. The peace of God. So if you don't have the peace of God, that could be God's voice talking to you. And we need to ask for God to give us that. That's the one thing that I can feel. It's a tangible thing. My human body actually has a response to the peace of God. So that's one way that if you're a very feel, touchy-feely person... Ask God to speak to you through the peace of God. If you don't feel peace on a situation, don't step out. Wait for God to move, and he will give you peace. That doesn't mean that you won't take big steps of faith. It just means when you do take that unreasonable, un, uh, uh, uncanny step of faith, you will have peace about it when you take the step. Amen? And then four, he speaks to us through open doors and closed doors. Open doors and closed doors. Revelation 3, 7 and to the angel of the church of Philadelphia, write these things, right? These things saying, who is, uh, who is holy? Who is true? He who has the key of David. That's, that's a really cool statement. Go ahead and study that. He who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. I pray this prayer, and I, I, I wonder if maybe you would adopt it into your life. I pray the prayer, Lord, open doors that no man can shut, and Lord, shut doors that no man can open till I'm standing in your perfect will. You pray that prayer every day, and God will put you in his perfect will for your life. I promise you he will. He'll honor that. And then, of course, number five, he speaks to us through pastors, spiritual advisors, and other people. Whenever you have a decision to make that you don't quite understand all the ramifications of that decision or you're feeling a little bit nervous, go to somebody who's successful in that area and God might speak through that person to you. Amen? But they need to be, A, successful in the area of your decision, and they also need to be a person full of the Holy Spirit. You want them to be hearing from the Lord themselves. But you also want them to be successful in the area that you have to make the decision if you're going to go to another person. Also, pastors and spiritual advisors. Are you glad for a pastor? Amen. That's not self-serving. I'm glad I have a pastor. Proverbs eleven fourteen 14 says, where there is no counsel, 
the people fail. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. You need more than one counselor, amen? You need more than one person. You need to get a, a, an understanding that when you ask for something, you need to ask maybe two or three people. And you don't take just their answer because it's their answer. You take their answer and you make sure it applies to the word of God. And the word of God is what is what stands above anyone's answer, amen? If there is a truth that stands higher than anything else, it will be the word of God. So there's many voices in the earth today, and I want you to know that it's hard to value other voices and value God's voice at the same time. It's hard to value the voice that says, stay home, watch the Packer game, and not value the voice that says you need to be at the house of the Lord. It's very hard to have a life where you don't put an emphasis on the things of God and putting the word of God in your children's life in Sunday school and yet then they grow up and you see them start to fall apart and you wonder what happened. You never raised them on something that was stable. You raised them on something that was shaky and unstable. Hear me as a pastor. You need to put the word of God in your children. Amen? You need to let them see the word of God. You need, need to let them interact with the Bible stories. You need to let them be in the house of God every chance you get. Is that a pastor moment? Yes. Amen, somebody. And then the revelation that the Lord told me to jump to today, and this is what he told me, the reasons that we don't hear from God. I've got four reasons, then we're done. But I, I really feel like the Lord spoke to me through this and wanted me to share this with somebody. Four reasons that we don't hear from God. Number one is disobedience. I kind of dealt with that already when I said when the Lord speaks and you don't do it, God will not speak again until you do it. He might say the same thing over again. In fact, he might even take your life and loop it. Has anybody ever been in a loop cycle with God? Oh, man. Is that the same thing? but looks a little bit different, but all the same decision markers are happening in your life because you got them wrong the last time. God just looped you around and is bringing you through it again because he wants you to obey the word that he's speaking to you. And so number one, the reasons why we don't hear God is disobedience. Number two, not valuing God's word enough. Not valuing God's word enough. I've kind of hit that already, but I want you to know that if we don't value God's word, we will live against his word. If we do value God's word, we'll change everything about our life to line up to what God speaks. And so does your life say, Lord, speak? Does everything in your life say, Lord, speak to me? Or does your life only say, Lord, speak to me on Sunday? Lord, speak to me on Thursday. Lord, speak to me in my devotion time, but don't speak to me. No, that's not really what we say. But does your life in every area, does your finances say it? Does your social life say it? Does, does, your, does your Facebook and everything that you post, does it say, Lord, speak to me? Lord, I want to live according to your word. Does everything in your, is, is there anything in your life right now that does not line up to the word of God? And if it doesn't, then you need to value God's word above that and remove it from your life. So the removal of things is very important, not just the keeping of things, as we prayed earlier, but the removal of things. In fact, let me take a second and talk about, just for one second, I'm, this is a commercial. On Thursday night when we were in devotion, I was talking about the sword of the spirit. This is your only offensive weapon, right? I kind of started with that today. Where does the sword of the spirit hang in the armor of God? It hangs on the belt, right? It's sheathed on the belt. What is the belt? Gird about the loin, the loins. 
What it, what is what is that that device? It's it, it covers the loins, protects the area. This is the area of reproduction and elimination. Reproduction and elimination. If you don't have this word of God hanging on your belt so that when you go into battle, you have a sword, you will not reproduce the things that you're supposed to reproduce and you will not eliminate the things you're supposed to eliminate from your life. That's so good. I'll eat on that all week. Have your loins girt about with truth means that you have your sword constantly with you because this is the sword of truth. So that is what the scripture is saying. You're not eliminating the things that are hurting you. You're living with pains and therefore the devil is whispering lies to those pains because you don't have the sword where it needs to be. You're not girt about the loins with truth and have your sword of the word offensively in place to fight when those things come against you. You need to understand that you're not only eliminating the pains, eliminating the things that the enemy wants to speak against or to, eliminating the words where the devil comes in and says, see, God doesn't love you enough. That's why he did that. That's why he's not obeying. That's not why he, that's why he's not responding to your prayers. No, you need to also reproduce words of truth. And that is why you need the word of God in your life. You need to value the word high enough to know that it's your only offensive weapon. And it hangs in an area that helps you reproduce truth and eliminate error. Amen. Because you're girt about with truth. And then the other thing is, number three we, reasons we don't hear God is busyness and distractions. Busyness and distractions. If the devil can't pull you, he'll get behind and push you. And he'll push you so fast that you stop valuing what God says and start just racing through life. He didn't design us to be in a rat race, amen? He built us for a garden that's beautiful. And he plans on putting us back into paradise. And if you start living on what God says, you can have a piece of paradise on earth. Amen? You can have a piece of it. And then the revelation that I understood is wrong beliefs. Number, number four, why we don't hear from God is wrong beliefs. And this understanding comes from 1 Samuel chapter 3. You can read it yourself for homework, but I want to show you a revelation that God gave to me for this sermon. I didn't get this from a tape. I didn't get this online. I didn't pull this down from another preacher. This is what the Lord told me to tell somebody in this room right now. And Samuel and the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord, I want to say the word. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no Open vision. Notice that vision is connected to God's word. They were not having any vision from God because there was no word. There was no value of the word of God. You can go back and study it yourself. They had desired, began to desire God's word so much, but it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim. He got cataracts. That's what that means. <laughs> no. His eyes began to wax dim. In other words, he could not see very well. That he could not see, the scripture says. And error, and error, the lamp of God went out in the temple. Notice something. That his vision in the scripture, in the previous verse, his vision going dim was connected to the lamp of God having no oil. Notice that, that there is a price for the oil that lights the lamp in the house of God. 
And we know that the lamp was never supposed to go out. Leviticus tells us they were supposed to always keep the oil serviced so the lamp burned bright. It says, and the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was and Samuel was laid down to sleep that the Lord called Samuel and he answered, here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, here am I for thou callest me. And he said, I call us not lie down again and he went and lay down in other words what i want you to see here is that the spiritual authority that was in Eli, that was in Samuel's life sounded a lot like the voice of god to him that when he heard the voice of the lord he could not decipher it between the man of god that was in his life the priest and the word, the voice of the lord he was immature in his understanding of god's voice yes but for him, he ran to his pastor, his, his priest. And Eli finally picked up on it. About three times in, Eli picked up on it. And he said, it's the voice of the Lord. Next time you say, here am I, your servant, speak, Lord. And so that is our response. Anytime God speaks to us, we are to say, here am I, Lord, speak. And the reason why it's important is because the Lord told him stuff that was very heavy. He said that my 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 temple has not been cared for and I'm going to remove Eli and, and, and his children from, I, I can't find it in the scripture. I'd have to read through the whole thing to get it for you. But let me just jump to the part that I felt like God was speaking to me about. Number one is vision. Vision is the function of God's voice. When you don't have vision for your next step, it may be because you need to go back and ask God to speak to you. If you don't know where you're going next, if you feel like, oh, just this is just another year. We're going into 2020, and it's another. It's not just another year. Read Matthew 24. The Lord is coming back. This is a time of terror. This is a time of men's hearts failing them for fear. We're living in the last days. Jesus is returning. Amen? And in chapter 25 of Matthew, they didn't have enough oil. Those 10 virgins, they, they woke up. All of them woke up, and they were all in the same social class. But some of them had prepared for the coming of the bridegroom, and some had not. And some of them had oil to spare. And when the ones that realized they didn't have enough oil to make it to the marriage supper with their, with their bride, or with their groom, they said, would you, they said to the ones that had more, would you give us of what you had? And they said, no, no, you go and buy for yourself. We need to make sure we have enough to make it to be with our groom. And that's what I want to tell you today, that the oil is going to cost you something. You're going to need to ask God for his word. You're going to need to ask God to give you what you need so that you can make it to the place where we meet up with our bridegroom. We are the church, the bride, but we need to be uh, attentive to the things that God wants us to be attentive to. And when your vision becomes dim, you let the oil run out in the temple of God. You devalue the word of God when you stop looking for the things that God wants you to look for. And number two, he neglected the oil, the anointing, when he devalued God's word. When he stopped, when Eli stopped wanting, stopped listening for God's voice and started letting things happen with his children that should have never happened, with the Ark of the Covenant and with other things at the house of God, when those things started happening, because his eyes were dim, the lamp went out, and because of that, he devalued the anointing of God. The one thing that we need here more than anything today is the anointing of God. 
And if we're not listening for the voice of God, we will not have the anointing of God. They go together. The cost of oil is that moment that you get up and you go to your devotion in the morning and you just open your Bible and you rub sleep out of your eyes and you say, Lord, speak to me. My finances says, Lord, speak to me because I've lined it up with the word of God. My life says, Lord, speak to me because every time it gets a little bit sideways, I slap it back into line with God's word. I try to get everything back in line with God's word. So when I say speak, I'm speaking from my entire life. My entire existence says, Lord, would you anoint this? Would you speak to me? Would you give me fresh oil? I want enough oil to make it to the marriage supper of the lamb. I don't want to get this far and end up being cut off or asking somebody, can you help me with what I should have already been doing right? Can you help me have more oil? I didn't take care of the things I was supposed to take care of. And then I do that when I live like that. God puts a vision in front of me. God puts a word in my mouth. God puts an oil in my lamp. God puts a light in my life. God gives me everything that I need because I'm focused on saying, Lord, speak to me. I value God's voice because it's connected to my anointing. It's connected to what we feel here when we come together. It's connected to those that get healed here. It's connected to those that get healed when we pray and send prayers. It's connected to those that we pray over and send a prayer cloth. It's connected to everything. When the oil goes out, the light goes out in the house of God. We might as well paint Ichabod over the door because the glory of the Lord hath departed. That is not what I want. I want to value God's presence. And the thing that God showed me that I've never seen in Scripture before, and I want to give it to you, is in verse 19. It said, And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him. Presence. The Lord's near. And the Lord was with him, and did let none of his words fall to the ground. Here's the revelation that I got from this when I was praying over it. And believe me, I shed a lot of tears hoping that I would help you. When Samuel valued God's word, God valued Samuel's word. He said, when you put my word in your life, I will make your word never fail. I will uphold what you say. That's not arrogance for us to stand down here and say, in Jesus' name, be healed. We're not commanding God. We're not arm-tying God. But because our life is in line with God's word, and because we're constantly doing everything to hear his voice, open doors, closed doors, peace of God, all of that that I've already taught, because we're doing everything we can to hear God's voice, when we value God's voice like that, we can then walk in and lay our hands on a fevered brow and say, be gone in Jesus' name. That's not commanding God. That's agreeing with God who speaks to us. And he's told us we have stripes for that healing. And so I walked into her little sister's room and put my hand on her forehead. She was, she was so hot. It literally was just warm under my hand. And I said, in Jesus' name. And her forehead went cold under my hand like that. That's not because I'm a healer. That's because he's a healer. And because I walk in his word and I value God's voice, he then lets my words that I pray not fall short. Amen? 
We're not about some, we're not about superstars on a stage. We're about people who love God so much that they've aligned their entire lives to say, speak, Lord. Would you speak in this place, God? Would you speak, Lord? And when we do that, he does not let our words fail. This sermon is just a sermon unless I have spent time in the word of God saying, Lord, would you not only take these words, but would you speak through me? And I believe somebody's going to value the voice of God in this room because we have talked about valuing it from his word. I believe that. I believe that you'll take this and you'll use it in your life. The decisions you make coming this week, you can make right decisions. You don't have to make wrong decisions anymore. You don't have to make decisions just guided by your emotions, guided by wounds or pains. You don't have to make decisions like that. You can make them because you value God's word. Would you stand with me? I hope I haven't been too long. I went longer than I thought I was going to, but I don't even, I don't even care, honestly. I, I just feel like this was the word of God. This is what God wanted to say today. And I believe this is for you and for me. Amen. And, I, and they're coming to help me with music. And, and I just believe if you would just maybe put your Bible down right now and just lift your hands to the Lord and find a way to say, Lord, speak. I want my life to be in alignment with your word. I want my life to eliminate the things that need to be eliminated. I want my life to hold on to the truths that need to be held on to. I want your word harnessed so that whatever I come against, I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to fight the way you want me to fight, not with my own flesh, not with my own uh, logic or understanding, because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities, powers, spiritual wickedness in high place. Help me, Lord, to be fully armored so that I can do what you call me to do. In Jesus' name. Come on, why don't you lift up your voice with me right now? Why don't you lift up your voice with me right now? Would you pray a prayer? Maybe you need to just talk to God about what you've been worrying about. That's your prayer time. When you're praying, when you're seeking God, just tell him what you're worried about. You can actually tell him, Lord, help me with this decision. Lord, help me. Would you, would you speak to me about this scenario, this relationship? Would you speak to me, Lord? This altar's open. You can come down front if you want to and just ask God, Lord, speak to me. Lord, speak to me. Today, Lord, speak to me. I don't want to run out of oil. I don't want to spend my life living with a lamp that's lit to only run out of light because I forgot to ask you to speak, Lord. And that vision brought word and that word brought anointing. Help us, Lord Jesus, in this place to understand that if we value your word, if we value your voice, God, you will give us the ability to pray. You'll give us the ability to speak words into existence that change the lives of those around us, that our words will bring fruit, that it will not fail, that what we say will happen. I can pray over my daughter and she'll get back in church. I can pray over my son and he'll come back to God. I can pray over a situation and it will turn completely around because I have valued the voice of God. So when I speak a prayer that God will not let my words fail, I want fruit from my life and this is how we do it. This is how we influence God to say, I want to live for you. I want to worship you. I want to walk with you. And in doing so, he'll let us speak to the things that he wants us to speak to. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.